Hey everybody, I'm Raul Gonzalez. And I'm Oscar Ibieta. And our show is called Medicare Agent IQ. And the reason we do this show is we know that there's agents out there that maybe you're struggling. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're on your way out of the Medicare business because you've just not been able to succeed so far. But also there's agents out there that are just trying to sharpen their tools. And so we're here to just kind of give you another perspective on Medicare, uh, a level of expertise. And so before we actually go any further, I wanted to kind of take a step back real quick. And um, Oscar, just give us a little bit of ba background on, on what makes you an expert in selling Medicare, why we're doing this for yourself. Well, years of experience. I've been doing this for 10 years now. I've been in, been in the Medicare, particularly Medicare, 10 years. And so prior to that, I didn't have any insurance experience. But when I got with you, you, you had, I think, what, six years on me? I don't want to steal your thunder here, but yeah. you had six years of experience. And, and really, when you and I joined, you just basically kind of gave me the playbook. And you said, hey, look, this is everything that has been working for me over, the, over my six-year tenure doing Medicare. So here's the playbook. Hey, these are the things that you should be doing to help you be a successful Medicare agent. And so I just took that playbook and I said, okay, I need to go out there and I need to execute these plays. Yeah. And so doing that over the last 10 years, we've learned a lot of lessons over the last decade and we know what works and what doesn't work. And so we, when we sit down with agents and we want to help them grow their book of business, we're able to give them that guidance. Yeah. I'm like, don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't waste your money. I, I, we've already wasted our time and wasted our money. <laughs> we've done so, it. Yeah. So, so so, so, so um, get out there and, and do some of these things that we know that, that will work. Uh, so my story is very similar. Well, you know, I've been doing this now for um, 16 years. Started as a captive agent at Humana back in, in uh, October of 2007. And they sent us out for three weeks for a training in, in Louisville, Kentucky. And you come back and they're like, all right, get out there and make some sales. And, and it, three weeks is fantastic. It's, it, it is really good training, but you really start learning once you get out in the field. And so went through, did a lot of things, put in a lot of work to kind of figure out this business, how to be successful. And then once I did, I left that job and I opened up an insurance agency and insurance brokerage and where we kind of contract agents and help them to be successful. So uh, probably sold for the first two years a, a lot and, and really took my foot off the gas and, and only would, would do referrals and things like that after those first two years. And but now I spend a lot of time helping agents to be successful, giving them, you know, hey, this is this is the right thing for you to do. And we'll sit and do one on ones with agents and and uh, figure out where they're struggling. And so so I'm still doing a lot of that, even though I'm not actually out there selling every day anymore. So, hey, so let's go back real quick. And uh, so what we're going to do today is a little different than we normally do. We're not going to have just one subject and ask and kind of go through and ask some questions that we get a lot, you know, some, some questions that we've gotten on. And by the way, follow us on Instagram on, we're recently on TikTok now. That's, yeah. that's brand new for, <laughs> for, for me. I'd never been on TikTok, but, but at Medicare agent IQ is on TikTok. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and, and of course, YouTube. And so do us a favor, like us, follow us. So we hope to put out regular content, some good content to, again, very similar to this to help you to be successful. So, uh, you know, while we do that, let's let's go ahead and just ask each other some questions that, that we've gotten from those. So 
what initially attracted you to Medicare sales? So I obviously called you and, right. and I was like, hey, you got you to do this. And you weren't exactly 100% sure that first that first call, it almost seemed like you were blowing me off a little. <laughs> Brushed you off just <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah. I, was, I, I didn't have any insurance background. Yeah. I knew nothing about insurance. I was newly licensed um, and I got into the, into the industry. I was recruited by an Aflac recruiter. Yeah. So I Aflac thought was, agents <laughs> make the best Medicare agents down the line also, by the way. They, they have a know, good training program. They do. They, yeah. they do. Um, but that's, so that's how I got into the industry, right? I thought it was an interview. Turns out I was recruited right. into the Aflac business. Um, but then shortly after that, I, I, I met you and you explained to me, you know, how the Medicare business works. And, and really like, like most agents, the, the reason that, that what attracted me was, was the residuals, the, right. the renewals, right? It's a, it's a renewal business. And so I thought to myself, but there, there are other things. Um, the fact that you can be your own boss, right? You're an independent agent, you're an entrepreneur. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Right. My dad's an entrepreneur. And so I just saw him being his own boss growing up. And I liked that. Right. And I said, I, when I get older, I want to be my own boss. And really initially the plan was to take over the family business, the restaurant business, but that changed. Right. And right. now I'm in the insurance business, but I, I'm still an entrepreneur. Right. And, and I'm, I can, I can quote unquote, I can make my own hours, but right. we know that if you want to succeed, you've got to put in a lot of hours. A lot more uh, than that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's the, the, the idea of being an entrepreneur, being being self-employed, being my own boss, and, and the residuals, of course. And so the beauty of it is here we are 10 years later, and I'm still getting paychecks on clients that I enrolled 10 years ago. And that, that's the best part. That's yeah. why I always tell people that's why we're in the yeah. Medicare business is those renewals. So another question that I have real quick is what is a common misconception that people have just about Medicare in general? What, are you, what, what is something that you see a lot? When agents are out in the field meeting with people, I thought Medicare was free. I, I thought it didn't yeah. cost anything. I thought it covered everything. So one, they think it doesn't cost anything, but two, they think it's 100% coverage. And then it turns out to be a surprise that they it doesn't cover anything, right? It only covers generally 80%, you've got to cover the remaining 20%, doesn't cover prescription drugs, and there's a monthly premium to it. And so it always, a lot of times it comes off as a, as a shock. And then they, then they're kind of, you know, they get hit by that. Blames on like, you, right? Right. And it's like, well, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And so I always kind of put their mind at ease and I say, well, really, that, that's why I have a job. It's, it's my job to sit down with you and explain all the different options that you have. And I'm going to help you understand what this Medicare thing is is how it works and what your options are yeah yeah i um i think that people tend to get frustrated and they kind of direct that at the agent so one one thing as an agent just when that kind of frustration comes you can kind of explain that hey you know all the years that you were working you paid taxes but that only pays a portion right. of medicare realistically it costs a lot more than 160 dollars yeah. to insure yeah. you in, in in that type of thing so. i'd say be prepared for it right just expect that reaction when you're out in the field and be receptive of it be yeah. receptive and, and be open to having that conversation. Like, I understand your frustration. <laughs> yeah. Like it, 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 you know, it would frustrate me if I didn't already yeah. know this. And so, um, so you said you've been doing this for 10 years and, and I know how it's changed, but just out of curiosity in, from, from your perspective and your eyes, how has the industry changed since you started? 
It's changed a lot. Yeah. And, and and I would say for, for all the better, right? Every year, CMS has their rules and the updates that are coming. And and of course, we, we're in those meetings and we're, oh, man, we're so upset about what's coming. But then there's also some excitement that comes along with it. And I remember back when I first started, everything was a paper application. Right. So during AP, you're out running appointments all day long. And then you're at the office at 8 p.m. and you're faxing and, and you're waiting for 10 pages to go through. <laughs> and and it, it just takes it. To, then sometimes it doesn't go through. So you've got to refax it. And you only had so much time to mm. fax it in and, and send it over. The worst part, I remember I had to run an appointment that was with somebody who was maybe three hours outside of where, where we live. And I forgot to get a signature mm. somewhere. I had to go all the way back. I had to drive three hours to get that signature and then go basically rewrite the application and come back. So technology is a beautiful thing, right? Everything is electronic these days and, and we have all these platforms that really just streamline and make things easy for our agents. But I wanna take a second to talk about the the 48 hour scope of appointment rule that's that's coming back, right? If, right? if you're fairly new, relatively new to the business, the 48 hour scope of appointment thing is it's brand new and it's a little bit of a shocker to you, but it that was that was normal back when back when we were, you know, when I first started when you were in the business. So if I wanted to meet with somebody, if I got a referral, I'd have to drive to their house, have them sign a paper scope of appointment. I'd leave their home and I'd have to come back 48 hours later just yeah. to, I had to have permission to do that. I'd send it snail mail. W oh, would you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would just, I, would, I would put it in the mail and say, hey, like this is coming out to you. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> nowadays, yeah, and it's coming back. Nowadays, it's very easy. Most most major, you know, Medicare FMOs at this point, you know, being that we've, we're, we're all in the electronic age, they will have an option for you to shoot it via email. And that makes life so much easier. We even, you know, with the one that we have, it's via text message, text just it. quick text message. And then you've got it. And as long as they have a smartphone, they can do it. So it's obviously, you know, it's, it's for some agents going to be frustrating that you got to You got to wait the 48 hours, but realistically what it is, is, is there's just way too many, way too many complaints that mm -hmm. are happening right now. So the the CMS is just doing what they can and just kind of throwing things up. It seems like kind of up in the air. How can we stop this? How can we right. stop the complaining and the, the kind of the frustrations? And that's that's one way yep. to do it. Yeah, so so got a question for you. Right. <laughs> you've, been, you've been drilling me with the question. So what, what role does continuing education play in staying competitive in Medicare sales? Yeah, you know what, let's, let's clarify too, because I think that obviously continuing education you have to do to keep your insurance. Yeah, not for right? that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so a little clarification on that, but as far as continuing education goes, I think it's, it's so important for agents to, if you, wanna, if you want to be perceived out there as a Medicare expert with the ever-changing landscape, we just talked about how things are just changing. I mean, we're full circle now with the scope of appointment, right? So with that ever-changing landscape, you have to spend the time to just continue to sharpen your tools, continue, listen to content like this is super important, right? So whether it be us or one of the other, one of the other podcasts out there, you've got to stay on top of those types of things in order to, to stay sharp. I would say that, that in general, I like to, to go to our upline and, and see, they, they put out just you know, 2024 up, uh, compliance yeah. updates. And I'd like to read through it all. The, one of the hard parts is reading through the Medicare marketing guidelines. They stopped doing it where they, they used to put out a brand new one every year. 
now they're doing it kind of like laws are written where they're like, uh, there's a change to, to section 23, you know, number, number one, and, and they're putting it out that way. So it's, it is easier nowadays to kind of just go to your upline, go to, go to the carrier and, and get your compliance updates, but staying on those things. We were just at a, a Medicare summit that United Healthcare put on for, uh, for for agents, just it's it's just compliance updates. Here we go, but you got to be at those things. You got to learn because if you're not keeping up with those things, you will fall behind. And then all of a sudden, and this has happened to me, to be honest. I mean, gosh, I want to say even on the the podcast where I'm like, uh, if you're if you're not doing it, you're not st- staying up to date. Where you could give some misinformation that has just recently changed, and and you, you hate kind of having egg on your face in those types of situations. <laughs> I think I I had that with uh, with how they're doing the, the and this is a, a recent change for the general enrollment period. When someone signs up for Medicare late, yeah. they can act, they don't have to wait till July 1st to start. And that's a, a recent yeah. rule change. And so we got to keep up with those things so we don't look like we're not the experts that we're kind of uh, <laughs> claiming to be. So, yeah, yep. Got another one for you. All right. All right. So you've been in the business for 16 years and, uh, doing it a long time so in over the course of your career what's one of the biggest challenges that you've had to you've had to overcome yeah honestly staying on that right it is learning medicare i think that was one of the hardest things because you know there's it's it's so broad and when i say learning medicare you have to learn all that there is to know about original medicare how part a and b work how part d works right and you have to become an expert on those but then you also have to learn about the different plans that you represent in a market like the one that we're in there's so many plans and that's so difficult because you know if if there's 10 carriers that offer 43 plans which i just looked up that's that's what we have right now in san antonio i think it's 10 carriers that that we offer with 43 different options it makes it really hard so you have to just kind of keeping up with that i learned how to look up the evidence of coverage which is super important if you are in this business learn how to look up the evidence of coverage it's a lot more detail that you get from that than you do from say the summary of benefits and and so so i would say that that was one of the most difficult things to overcome but you know we do it right we're able we're able to 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 get past those things and 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 become an expert but it's it's by listening to things like this but more importantly during your free time during any downtime that you have learn about medicare and and that was uh that was something but but i overcame it i would say i'm pretty pretty close to being an expert yeah. <laughs> you know well, well, they, if the things would stop changing yeah. <laughs> like, which they won't would, right, right. I, I like the evidence of coverage so that's one of the things that you taught me was whenever i had a question um if, if you didn't know the answer, what would you do? You'd go to the evidence of coverage. So I think you just, you, you taught me like, hey, look, whenever I don't know something, this is what I do. This is yeah. where I go to search for my for my answer. And it's just that you download the, the document and then you can search for keywords. And so I started learning how to do that. So agents that are out there and and you're trying to learn, right? How What can I be doing to, to, to learn? Learn how to get, fam- get familiar with downloading the evidence of coverage and, and searching keywords. So if something that if there's something that you're curious about, because the summary of benefits only gives you so much information, it's it's what 15 pages, 
but the evidence of coverage is usually around 250 pages. So you're going to get detailed information on the specific benefits that are covered by the plan. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw one right back to you. And first of all, I'm going to preface this with, with a little bit about Oscar. So Oscar's a friend of mine. We, you know, at, at first he was an agent. I always say I've known Oscar for 10 years and we've been friends for about five, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, really like, um, but one of the things about Oscar that, that I know is that he's just naturally good with people. And so for, for those of us who aren't, so for myself, I actually had to, like I've shared on the podcast before, I had to read how to win friends and influence yeah. people, kind of understanding how to do that. For you, it's a little more natural. So the question that I have is, how do you build relationships with potential clients or even you know doctors or just really with anyone? How are you building those relationships? I, I usually, I lead, and I know this sounds very generic, right? This is a universal answer, but I try to find common ground right. with anything. And so, if if I'm meeting them in their home, then I'm I'm looking, I'm I'm taking mental pictures of I'm observing. Are there grandkids on the wall? Do they? Is there you know? Do they? Is there something that they have a particular interest in? Do they have pictures posted? Do they have decorations? Certain decorations maybe pay them a compliment, and then just ask them and really kind of try to open up the door to give them an opportunity to tell them a little bit about themselves over over to me. And so that just if especially if they're a complete stranger it helps us build a relationship, right? It just gives them an opportunity to talk to me and it shows that I'm taking interest. But the important piece here is taking a genuine interest, right? Just don't just walk in the home and say, oh, I love that couch. Where'd you get it? Yeah. You know, it it's, it's, there's gotta be more to it. And, and so I will, um, you know, I'll, I'll even, I'll let them into into my life a little bit too, right? I'll go in there and I'll say, oh, I love the grandkids, you know, do you get to spend any time with them? I've got a, you know, I've got a little one at home, we're expecting one. And so, you know, we just start chatting about the about the kids because, you know, our seniors, they love, they love their, their grandkids, right? And so we, I, they love to talk about them. And, and so I'll give them an opportunity to do that. But really, I think the important piece to that is, you know, find some common ground, but but the entire time, be be genuine, be be real. Yeah. When, when you're having those conversations, I've got one real quick to add to that that I that I that I've done, and it and I think it goes a really long way. Is I have asked them for advice, and what I mean is, can I say, hey, I see that you all have been married. How long have you been married? Fifty years. What's the key? What's your, what's yeah. the secret to longevity in marriage? And 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 I'll ask them that. And you know depending on the, the individual that you talk to, if that's something that clearly is important to them, they're going to open up maybe sometimes too much, right? Or they're like, yeah, well, it's this, 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 and this, but it really does make it, 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 it kind of creates some warmth there. Like, yeah. man, I look at you, I look at you as a subject matter expert mm -hmm. on this. And so I want to ask you some questions and I want to, I just want to know, so completely off topic, we'll start asking questions like that. Or as I'm kind of wrapping up, and the idea is, is that just continue to build that relationship. Even after I've enrolled someone, can start asking them, oh man, how long have you been married? Oh, what's the secret? Yeah. Or, or um, when they, you know, because people brag about their family, right? Like, uh, yeah, my son, he's a doctor, blah, blah. Hey, I have, I have a nine-year-old son. I'm just out of curiosity. What would you say is the best parenting advice that you could that you could give me who has a nine-year-old son? Yeah. And they're going to do it. And I feel like that just kind of, 
really helps to build those yeah. relationships and to make really make them like you, right? Yeah, of course. Don't be don't be strictly business, right? Get to right. know them and, and build a real relationship with them. And what that's going to do is you're it's going to lead naturally lead to retention and loyalty. Right, right. Hey, so what are some qualities that make a successful salesperson? Well, in Medicare. In Medicare, yeah. yeah. So I, I just mentioned it, right? Being genuine, I, I think it's very important because I know that when I'm out shopping, or if I'm if I'm you know shopping for a car, I can, if I'm dealing with a salesperson, I can tell if they're just there and they're trying to make a sale, if they're just being transactional, or if they're really being genuine and they're they're interested in what my needs are, what's important to me, um, and and they're being genuine on their right. end. And so if if I don't get that vibe. I, I really kind of just put up a defensive wall and I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not crazy about doing business with them, yeah. but, but if they are genuine, I, I'll open up and, and it makes me more comfortable from a consumer standpoint. So when you flip the switch, try to make them comfortable. And how do we do that? Let's be genuine yeah. in doing so. In the nineties, we said, keeping it real. Keeping it real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, another part, you know, be in, in, being a successful Medicare salesperson, having the knowledge, which you touched on, right? It's important that we stay up to date with with the plan benefits, the market that you're that you're working. You've got to know what's happening in the market, uh, so that when you sit down with your seniors, you you are you truly are the subject matter expert. You know how the market works. You know what the plan benefits are, and so it just makes you look better when you're sitting at that kitchen table with your clients. I'll be a student. Be, you know, show up to the go to those summits when when. You you get the, those invitations from the carriers where they've got ongoing trainings and continuing education, uh, make it a point to show up to those. Don't just be, we have, you know, I've, I've had some conversations with agents where if they're not out there selling, they don't feel like they're being productive and like they're working. But the reality is you've got to be a student and you've got to gain the knowledge. So when these carriers put on these trainings, whether they're webinars or they're in person, especially the in-person ones, get out there, go yeah. build the relationships and, and go be a student and learn what's happening in the market so that it makes you that much better when you're out in the field. Yeah, you can even at those things kind of, you could probably even find a mentor, right? Like if, yeah. if you don't have one, um, if you don't have one, I think it's always a, there's there's a some some good ways to find a mentor. I've made a lot of friends. We're, we don't work in the same agency. Mm -hmm. We don't, and really other agency owners. You, you know, there's plenty of people out there. Some just good people that you can a lot of there's a lot of good people in, in Medicare a lot of good agents that, yeah. that you can be like oh man what a, what a great guy I, I'll never work with them together but <laughs> but just a great individual and so yeah. there's there's a, there's a lot of that so yeah and I'd say you know for speaking of mentors right uh, I, I would I would hope that your that your upline is a good mentor because I know that so you're my you were my upline right when I when I got started and and I've always looked at you as a mentor in the business. And so that's been a, it's been a, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't, you know, in the Medicare world, if it wasn't having, if for having a good mentor like you saying, hey, look, this is what I have done. This is what has worked for me in the past. And when I was struggling, when I was, when I was, you know, when I was getting rejected or, or things just weren't going my way, you were there to have conversations with me. Well, what are you what are you doing when you're out there? How exactly are you are you executing? What's happening when you're meeting with people? What can we fix? What can we tweak? Because the playbook's here, and you're running the plays. If they're not working, let's let's figure out what the problem is, and let's let's make some adjustments. So, dealing with rejection, right? If uh, it, how how would you um, how would you handle uh, a rejection, right? When you were when you were out in the field selling, if if you if 
you lose a sale or you go and they tell you no, how would you handle that? Yeah, you know, the simple response to that is, you know, it's on to the next, yeah. right? And that, that's truly the way that it feels. It, but I also recognize that there's times when you're like, oh man, I really needed that sell. Or I, I, I'm really struggling here. We've talked to agents that, that have said, oh man, I am, I've gotten like six no's in a row. I don't, you know, when will I ever get a sale again? I think for me, it's a really important that I choose the words correctly. And I'm not going to say that because I, I want my mind to, to line up the correct way. I'm not gonna say, well, I guess I'm just never gonna make another sell or, or something like that. I'm like, man, I'm gonna get that next one. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a lot more real, realistically on, on a lot of those. If you don't get a sell, if you're an independent agent, you represent all the carriers, you don't get a sell, sure, because they're truly in a better place right. on staying with what they have most of the time, right? So for me, I'm kind of like, man, I'm just glad that they're in the right situation for them. And let's go ahead and we'll find some other people who aren't in that right situation. Yeah. And so I'm kind of really just, I think, keeping a, a, a positive attitude about those things and saying, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be worried about this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fine. So there's a, there's a lesson in rejection. I think that you can always walk away from something. Of course, if they're truly in a better place and you leave them alone, but but I think there's always something that you can take away from that. What could I have done better? What could I have worded differently? So there's always a lesson in rejection. That's how I was looking at it. Right, and ask a mentor, right? And so earlier you said, you know, it, it, an upline could be a mentor. I'll say that they're not the only option for a mentor also. Sometimes they've got a lot of different things going on. So sometimes it could just be somebody who has a heart to help other people. And so we even have that within kind of our agency here where there's people who just take that leadership role and they just enjoy helping other people. Find someone like that, just that, that, that can help you and, and ask those questions. Hey, what could you have done different? Those, those yeah. things, exactly. Yeah. Hey, so how do you, there's there's a lot of ethics that in, in this business right yeah. there's a lot of rules that we have to follow and we have to make sure that we're being ethical when, when we're out there so how do you deal with the ethical aspect of selling medicare yeah you know i'm so glad that that, that that's one of the questions that we're going through today because medicare there's a lot to it in when i first started in this um the ripe young age of 27 years old, <laughs> you know, that that's in perspective. Now <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, that's pretty young, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I always kind of looked at this and, in in looked at every individual, every senior as they could be my grandparents. My grandparents were still alive. All, all grandparents were still alive at the time. And so I've always looked at it like, man, it, how would I want my own grandparent to feel if they were, if, 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 if there was an agent there. So I'm looking at it where I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to sleep really well at night knowing that I'm just going to do the best thing for this individual. So yeah. ethics to me is something that's really so easy. If you do everything as if you're doing it for your own mother or your own grandmother, it is a lot easier to sleep at night because I'll tell you, if I ever get a complaint where someone says that Raul did something unethical, I have, I will sleep like a baby that night because honestly, I always tell people I'm a compliance nerd and that's okay. I'm happy to be that way because you know what? I sleep really well at night knowing that no matter what, nothing, nothing's going to yeah. happen. So, <laughs> Hey, really the, the, the point of, of this, uh, 
podcast today, and we're going to do it again very similar, is we're going to get out a lot of questions. So here's what I want to do. I want to tell you that if you have questions for us, shoot me an email. Right now, it's rgonzalez, R-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, at tmsbrokerage.com, or you can find us on TikTok. It's Medicare Agent at Medicare Agent IQ on Instagram, on Facebook, on on YouTube. Go ahead and and shoot us a, some more questions. We're happy to to answer them. You can uh, send us a direct message or or whatever it is. We're gonna go through, and so we're gonna do this again, maybe once a month, where we're just gonna go through questions that we've been asked, and we'll go ahead and do it right here. So we thank you so much for your time. We look forward and we appreciate the opportunity really to, we'll, we'll say, go into your car on a weekly basis or, 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 or into your video screen. And so we hope to help people. And that's the heart of this. If you know somebody else who needs help with Medicare or they're struggling in sales, please send this on to them. Have them subscribe to our channel. We're glad to give as much information as possible. Thanks so much.